you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. Yes, yes, yes. We are honored tonight to bring our speaker to this pulpit. Brother Herring has been with us for many, many years. And um, I just can't say thank you enough for him driving halfway across the world to get here, putting his family in a vehicle. And they drove in from Florida yesterday. And um, my goodness, he came in weary and tired and preached the house down last night. Wow. Yes. We're glad he's here tonight. He's rested and ready. I want you to make him feel real welcome. Evangelist Josh Herring, come preach your heart to us tonight. Let's give that hand clap to the Lord Jesus Christ tonight. I worship you, Jesus. Would you thank him if he's been good to you right now? Would you just ignore everybody around you and go ahead and praise him a little bit like you're in the room by yourself, like nobody's around you. Just talk to him. I love you. You're my best friend. You're everything that I need. I worship you, Lord Jesus. I praise you, mighty God. I love you, Jesus. Oh, it sounds like I'm praying. Is there anybody else praying in here? Someone needs to pray to the Lord like no one else is here. He's listening to your voice right now. I worship you, Lord Jesus. Have your way tonight, God. Speak to me. Move the mountains, I pray. Do what only you can do, Lord. I worship your holy name. In Jesus' name, praise the Lord. The book of Daniel, chapter 6, verse number 10. Daniel chapter 6, verse number 10. I give Pastor Jordan honor, who I love dearly, and his family, who I love dearly and appreciate their stand all these years and their vision. There's a message I want to preach here that I've been feeling for about two weeks ever since God gave it to me in a hotel room in California. And I each time I get ready to preach it here, he does not the last two nights he keeps saying no, not yet. So I'm guessing it's for Sunday night or something, I don't know, but I want to preach something that I feel in this atmosphere, but the Lord keeps building and keep, keeps making me wait. So when he does that, you're obviously waiting for him to tell you what to do, and then he just told me right at the last second that the Lord does that sometimes to me, and I, it really bothers me. I, I, I need him to stop doing that. I've told him this several times, and he seems to ignore this, but, but I'm glad he does talk. And uh, I'm so glad to be with you tonight. And Daniel chapter 6, verse number 10. I really sense that tomorrow night will be a night for the miraculous. Sicknesses are going to be healed. All kind of things are going to happen. Bring someone tomorrow night that needs the Holy Ghost, needs a miracle from the Lord. Daniel chapter 6, verse number 10. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house and his windows being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God 
as he did aforetime. I want to preach to you tonight from the subject, if I'm going down, I'm going down praying. If I'm going down, I'm going down praying. Now, I specifically did this just now on purpose, but I heard that Pastor Jordan brought a dozen roses for his wife in front of the whole church to make every other husband look bad on Valentine's Day. When he told me that right before church, I said, well, I'm going to take your deer mount down and give it to my wife in front of the whole church. Say, here, I got this for you. You can't compete with some people. But to my beautiful wife, happy Valentine's Day. And to my boys, I love you very much. And hopefully Sunday we'll bring the princess here. She's 10 months old and she's in Muncie tonight recovering still. But we, uh, we love you very much. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, if I'm going down, I'm going down praying. Lord Jesus, release your authority and your power in this house right now. Do something supernatural. We give you the glory and the praise for what you're about to do in Jesus' name. And somebody said amen. You may be seated. Give honor to my fellow evangelist, Brother Tapia, back there, preaching machine. Love him very much. It is amazing how hell has not changed their tactics from the beginning of time when it comes to attacking the human race and how condemnation and temptation and certain things like this seem to be constant in the life of the believer. Either the devil is, is condemning you for your past or tempting you to fail in your present, and that is something he does quite often. He just switches masks and goes from telling you you're nothing, you'll never be anything, to tempting you in the moment, trying to keep you from something in your future. It's amazing how the pressure of hell is constantly there in people's lives. I say from the beginning of time in mankind because several historians and theologians say that when Eve uh, was talking to the snake, and told the snake, we cannot eat the fruit or touch the fruit, which, by the way, God didn't say that. He said, don't eat the fruit. But she had in her mind, because Adam must have told her, don't touch the tree either. Several historians say that the reason why Eve ultimately ate the fruit was because the serpent nudged her into the tree. And when she touched the tree and did not die, he said, if you eat the fruit, you will not die. And therefore, she knew because of the pressure and did not kill her that she could take of the fruit, regardless hell has been trying from the beginning of time to pressure the child of God into disobeying what God has told that child to do. It's amazing how as soon as you get a word from God or a breakthrough from God, how the devil comes in the next day or the next week to try to steal what the Lord has done for you in some kind of way. It's amazing how every every once in a while you'll see someone come into the house of God and they'll they'll come in from the world and they'll get the Holy Ghost and they'll get baptized and they'll start being, they'll be louder than most people. They'll be bold and they'll start declaring, I'm a changed person. I'm going to go forever for God. And then all of a sudden they meet someone the next week. And they start dating someone, and that person has no interest in living for God at all. And then a year or two from now, that person that got the Holy Ghost, you can't find them in church anywhere. Why? Because hell knew. Bring someone with the right mentality to pressure them and pull them away. That's why you cannot be on your B game once every once in a while and just say, well, I'm not going to pray today. I'm not going to read my Bible. Because if you keep doing that with demons, they will eventually take you out with the pressure that they put on you. I tend to find that the more pressure I'm under, the more prayer I need to release to God. And if hell is going to pressure me, the only way I can fight back is to pray more. When I pray, I pressure hell. When I pray, I put the pressure on the spirits that are trying to attack my family. But when I do not pray, I let the spirits in, and now I'm stressed out. People that are the most stressed out are the people that pray the least. 
Oh, that hit over like a lead balloon. But the people that are always stressed out are the people that do not pray. Because when you truly get in a spirit of prayer, peace comes in your spirit. And it doesn't matter what's attacking you. You pray and God will give you peace about it. Now, we all fight the devil. We all fight spirits. We all fight real life. We all fight real trouble. And there are times stress can be very real. But I'm telling you, if you want to release from the stress, there must be a prayer life that you get started that says, I must have a release in the spirit to handle what I'm facing in the natural. And so people in the Bible are an example to us that when they went under pressure, they would do things that others would not do. And they would ultimately win the battle in the situation that they were facing because they knew I have a relationship with God that's stronger than the attack that's fighting me. The fire on the inside is hotter than the fire on the outside. And that's why I will not bow to what you're telling me, Nebuchadnezzar, because I've got something alive in me that's stronger than what I'm fighting. Amen. Pressure, financial pressure, spiritual pressure, marriage pressure, physical pressure, pressure at home, pressure at the job, deadlines, bills are due. It's amazing how the enemy can put all this stuff on you and you come to the house of God almost exhausted and almost worn out from just stuff around you that is pressing you. And it's amazing how external pressure from the hell makes you implode and get silent and get quiet. And internal pressure makes you explode and act out and be crazy. And hell's trying everything possible to keep the child of God from walking in peace, from walking in joy, from walking in authority. I have come to tell you tonight that if you want to fight back, you've got to get a real prayer life in 2019. You can't just get a breakthrough and awakening. We've got too many people in the Pentecostal movement that are event junkies. All they do, they only get their breakthroughs three or four times a year when there's a conference or a guest preacher or revival. And the rest of the time, they're depressed and they're discouraged and they're backslide and they're weary. The reason why you're only getting three breakthroughs is because you only have three times a year where you get consecrated. If you really want to have peace, shitaya, you've got to have a daily relationship with God that says no matter what happens tomorrow, I'm going to pray today. And Satan, Satan came at Job and he killed his kids. That's pressure. And he killed his servants, killed his animals. Attacked his wife's mind. She's, cra- she's saying crazy stuff. And Job keeps praying. Naked came I in this world. Naked shall I depart. The Lord giveth. The Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Though he slay me, yet shall I trust him. And here comes the devil reporting back to God. And he said, well, how's it going? And he said, he's still holding on. He said, well, let me touch his body. He'll curse you to your face. Here he comes and he strikes Job with all these boils on his body. And Job is sitting there with all kind of affliction. And you think the devil had him ready to quit. But Job was stronger inside than the devil thought he was. And Job said, if I'm going down, I'm not going down cursing God. I'm not going down complaining about my pastor. I'm not going down talking bad about the church. I'm going down trusting the one that I know brought me through. I feel like saying something right now. Here's a, here's, here's a good way to measure how, how good your prayer life is, okay? And I'm, I'm talking to me and you. What amount of pressure does it take to get you to start talking negatively about church, God, pastor? 
if it takes just a little, if it just takes a little thought and you just start erupting in the car to your family, that's a weak prayer life. If it takes a little someone saying something at the door at the church and they said a comment to me and they didn't shake my hand and they may and and I'm not I'm, and you you lose it on the way home and you forget to pray the next day, that's 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 still a weak prayer life. But there are people that no matter what you say to them, what you say about them, they're gonna be up tomorrow morning in the word of God, reading their Bible, praying throughout the day, because they have a walk with God. What I'm saying is this, ready? If people can make you backslide, then you have a relationship with people and not with God. Because I'm telling you, when you know he's the one that matters, and it doesn't matter what everyone else thinks, it does not matter what they say. I'm not up here as a virgin voice. I'm telling you the truth. The enemy will use people all day long. I've come here and heard people talking about me. And, and some of you, I shake your hand, and I know what you've said about me. But I don't live for what you say or don't say about me. Sorry, I, there's a world to save out there. I have three kids that need to go to heaven. Talk bad all you want to. I want to talk to God tomorrow. It doesn't matter. If you want to talk about people, that's your deal. But that will always kill revival. But if you want God to move, we've got to drop the gossip. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost on me. We've got to drop the talking and say, Lord, I want to hear your voice. Oh, some of you are you're mad right now because you know you were the one that was talking. I still love you. You don't love me, but I love you. No matter what the pressure is, can you look back at the enemy and say, no matter what you do, if I go down, I'm going down with the right spirit. In other words, if hell comes to you tomorrow with someone who used to go to church here and they call you, that person, and they start talking bad about the church, are you going to join the conversation and bash your pastor? Or are you going to say, sorry, you've got the wrong number. We don't talk like that about people. That Oh, that's quiet. Okay. I feel the Holy Ghost stirring right now. Because the devil knows if you'll shout and hear, but bash him 12 hours later, you're really not all you act like you are. But people that really have the real deal, you cannot take them out in here, and you can't take them out out there either. They're true blue. They're the same in here as they are out there. This church... It's like every other church in America. People come, they have revival, people go, people get offended. And when people get offended, the word said, a brother offended is harder to win than a strong city. And let me tell you, the one thing the devil wants more than anything is for you to get offended. Because when someone gets offended, it does not matter what good things God has promised them and things that are coming their way, they will abort everything God wants to do because a spirit of offense is an assassinating spirit that kills the promises of God. The one thing we need to pray, Lord, is, Lord, help me to be unoffendable. Help me to be unoffendable. Let my spirit be clean. Let my heart be righteous. Let my my mind be pure. I'm off my notes, but I'm in the spirit. You can sit down. I, there was a, I'll just tell this. There was a couple preachers out there that really hate me. Believe it or not. Oh, well, two that I know of. Probably 2,000, but. And every time. I would go and get a big door. God would give me a big door open. They would show up, and they would push my button. They would jab at me and talk bad about me and mess with me right before I take the microphone. I mean, eat mess, messed up. And they would call people all over the nation attacking me. And it was, it was like every time I went somewhere where, something, where God was going to use me to impact, they would show up. I was like, why do they keep showing up and messing with me? 
And he talked to me and said, because you keep letting them offend you. And until you graduate, I'm sending them there. I was like, thanks a lot. He said, you will either forgive them genuinely. I said, how do you shut a lion's mouth like that? He said, start praying for them. Start telling them you're praying for them. Don't just pray for them and say, I'm praying for you. You can mean anything when I'm praying. Praying you get God kills you. I mean, you can. Yeah, don't don't just receive that, you know. Hey, I'm praying for you. Hey, thank you. I receive it. I bet you do. So I started praying for him. And then after you pray a while, you start to actually repent. And then you reach out. And then you mend the broken relationship. And then you start praying for them to be blessed. And before long, you're rooting for them. I'm going to say this real strongly. I don't know who I'm talking to. But here's the reason why we've got so much competition in churches and in the ministry. Because people that compete are not connected. You you cannot compete when you're connected with someone. But when you're not connected, you can cut them all day long because you really don't care what they feel. But when you know that's my brother... That is my sister. It's much harder to compete with someone when you actually love them and want to see them blessed and you're connected to them and you know their pain. We've got too many people talking bad about everybody else and they have no idea the people that they are blasting are praying and warring with God. We need to stay unified. We are the body of Christ. I need you and you need your brother and you need your sister. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. We need a spirit of unity to baptize our movement, to baptize our churches, to baptize our preachers. In other words, we can keep getting mad and keep getting over it, or we can fix it. And I'm off my notes, but I'm feeling God. Because the devil loves a church or a ministry or anything that's divided. Because you have divided a divided body, you have divided potential. You have severed anointing. You'll have a promise that will always hover. But when you see people... That say, even though he was in the wrong, I'm going to go and mend this with him. And he should apologize, but he won't. And he, when I apologize, he will think I was wrong, and he will accept my apology. And I will still feel like a fool. But in the eyes of God, I have fixed something with him. And now I don't have to walk around with that thought that this person doesn't like me anymore because I know I've made it right with God. Boy, the devil's mad at me right now because I'm telling you, if a spirit of unity hits this church, this wielding cannot contain the backsliders that will come back in here. Not just the lost, the backsliders in this area that are wanting to come back, but they're feeling like someone will talk about me. Someone will say something. I dare you to kill the spirit of offense in your spirit, in your mind, in your heart, so that God can bring the people back that he's trying to reach. We have people, now people that get offended and leave church, they come back once in a while and they're looking to get offended. I mean, you talk about sensitive. When they left offended, when they return, they're waiting for you to cross your eyes. They're waiting for you to to look the other way when they're looking at you. They're waiting for anything to give them an excuse to say, that's why I left. And here's where the problem is. Help me, Jesus. Most of the church gets that. And we, we're like, oh, I wouldn't be that person. I wouldn't be that man. I wouldn't be that lady. And we love, and we pray for them. We go shake their hand. Hey, welcome back. But there's always two or three 
And you know who you are, and you're in here right now. And you love to bring trouble to people who are already troubled. And your voice is not a representation of this church to the people that are coming back. I'm going to say it like I feel it now. And as of this service, hear me, you will be silenced in the voice of God. will speak for this church and the people that want the backsliders to be restored. I don't know who that was for, but the Lord said two or three are in here tonight that keep executing the ones I'm trying to bring home, and I am going to stop them because I am trying to restore the people that have left offended. Man. Are you ready for apostolic revival to break loose in this church? You're going to have some visitors that are going to shock you. People that you'd say in your mind, I thought they would never come back. Just be smart enough to not walk up and say, I thought you'd never come back. When they come back, I don't care what they did when they left. God has been breaking them while the enemy's been trying to destroy them. God's been having mercy on them. And when they come back, get your arms out like Jesus did on the cross and say, it is finished. Lord, forgive them. Bring them home. We need to be unified. Some of you are getting names in your minds right now because the Lord is going to give you a spirit of prayer to pray until those people that you're thinking about walk through those doors. I'm off my stuff, but I'm in the Holy Ghost right now. There's going to be a revival of backsliders in 2019. A revival of backsliders. A revival of those who left, whether they were hurt or not. Life just took them away. But the Lord is going to send a chariot to bring them back. And when they get in this place, do everything you can to keep them in this place. That means if you talked about them, walk up and say, hey, I love you. Sorry if I did anything to hurt you. Well, I would never do that. That's why they're gone. Because we are full of pride. What's it going to hurt us to say, hey, let the past be the past. Let's start over. Let's start over. Let's see what the Lord can do. I'm telling you, if that church gets that mentality on purpose, intentional, and starts thinking like that, you will not be able to contain the harvest that's coming back in this building that will be unified. They will not come in and be like they were before. They will be submitted. They will be supportive. My word, I feel the Holy Ghost. God is going to give you givers that are going to come in here and help you. The Lord is going to send givers people who are going to strengthen you and help you and bless you. People are coming. I said people are coming. People are coming. Get ready for your harvest. Get ready for your harvest. Get ready for your harvest. Turn to your neighbor. And tell them, I'm going to be un unoffendable. I'm going to be unoffendable. Now get ready for a test. But when you pass that test, you're going to feel so much better because you're going to realize that kind of thing used to upset me. But it doesn't anymore. That doesn't offend me anymore. 
That's a huge thing in the spirit to know the things that used to offend you do not bother you. That's a sign you're going somewhere and God can trust you with more than he could before. Every preacher in this building needs other preachers. Too many people. One man cannot save the world unless his name is Jesus. We need the body to be the body. There are people out there that love me when I'm struggling and hate me when God gives me good results. If they heard that I got canceled, if they heard that I got sick, oh, it's too bad. Josh is a good guy. But if they heard 57 got the Holy Ghost, whatever. Don't believe it. You know why? And that's how it is with me too, people. It's like it's almost like we are we we have the spirit of Cain sometimes. I love you till you outworship me. I loved you till God outblesses me by blessing you. And before long, now I'm seeing you in a different light. Since when does someone else's blessings determine what God's doing for you or not? I'm gonna preach it now. Jealousy is the problem. We are jealous of each other's miracles and blessings and open doors. We don't need to be jealous. We need to thank God. Anytime he blesses my brother, he's going to bless me. I pray for every evangelist in this room right now that God will give you great favor, open doors, crusades, conferences. I pray that you would impact the world. I pray you would preach at the places you've dreamed of preaching. I pray in the name of Jesus that everything you desire would happen and then more. I pray for Brother Tapia, Brother Martin, Gentry Jordan, Dylan Jordan, Isaac Sanchez, Spencer Jordan. I pray for your ministry. I pray that God would bless you. I pray that God would anoint you. I pray that God would elevate you. I pray that God would lift you up and exalt you. Would you thank the Lord? It's going to happen in Jesus' name. It will happen. It will happen. It will happen. Can I get every preacher to come join me on the platform right now? Every preacher, pastor, evangelist, whatever you are, come up here, wherever you're from. Would you join hands with each other right now? Thank you. How can we expect them to be unified if we're not unified? But if we are unified, how can a devil divide them? These preachers are powerful and mightily anointed by the Lord and can change the world. Let this be a physical sign right now of what God's about to do in North America. God is about to unite the ministry. I'm telling you, prophets and pastors and evangelists and people that normally compete and talk about each other are about to be unified because God is about to do a work among the body. He's about to heal the body. He's going to restore the body. He's going to save the lost. He's going to bring back the ones that are hurting. Let there be unity. Let there be unity. Let there be unity. Let there be unity.
Would you stretch your hands toward these powerful men of God right now and pray blessings on them and favor on them and strengthen them. Give them everything they need and more, God. Give them resources. Bless their finances. Bless their families. Bless their faith. Let the body be unified. Now, the most dangerous preacher, the most dangerous person praying is someone unified with the body. Because when their spirit's right, they're not coming when they lay hands on you in their own strength. They're bringing the strength of the entire body with them. These men are about to lay hands on you. And when they pray for you, something's going to happen. And I'm telling you, specific things are going to happen. I mean, broken relationships are about to be mended. I'm talking about situations that you think God would never fix. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. These men are going to be anointed by God. And when they touch you, there are specific situations right now in your life with people that God's going to start healing. He's already healing your mind right now. Some of you have been forgiving people as I've been preaching. People that did you wrong, did you dirty, talked bad about you, lied about you, accused you, and yet here you are forgiving them. You keep blessing them. And because your spirit is right, God's going to bless you in incredible ways that you could not even fathom because you are making up your mind. I am going to be unoffendable. I am going to be part of the body of Christ. You don't know what they said about me. I bet it wasn't as strong as a whip hitting your back. Stripping you naked in front of the entire world. But Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Someone needs to get like Stephen right now and hit an inter- and say, God, forgive them. The only reason why Paul got saved was because there was a Stephen who was interceding for him when he was stoning him to death. And Stephen said, lay not this sin to their charge. And God said, I'm going to save Paul now and anoint him to be powerful. There are people that have hurt you, said things about you, and lied about you, and accused you. But because you have a praying spirit, God's going to bring them back broken. They're going to apologize to you, but you won't be judged. You, the reason why they're going to apologize is because God knows you won't judge them. If they come and say sorry, you say you should be. You're the problem. But if they say, I'm so sorry, and you say, forget it, man. It's all right. Let's start over. You just dealt hell a blow. Because no matter how many people you pray through and you use of God, people will go to hell that are in the ministry because they are offended, because they'll become castaways. They'll do all these great things for God, but they'll have one little thing. Eight weeks before Billy Cole died, he saw a million people get the Holy Ghost. Eight weeks before he died. The Lord, his grandson told me this, the Lord spoke to him and said, you are a success at being like the apostles. He said, you've seen more people get the Holy Ghost than all the apostles combined. Billy Cole said, thank you, Jesus. He said, you have done more than all the apostles in the New Testament ever did. Thank you, Lord. And then Jesus said, but you're a miserable failure at being like me. And he said, there are eight men, Billy Cole, and Jesus named all eight. He said that you have problems in your spirit against. And if you died, you would go to hell. And Billy Cole called all eight men 
He called the last one a week before he died, a week or two before he died. He called the last one and said, I'm sorry for this. These guys did him wrong, lied about him, attacked him. And God made him go forgive them and repent to them. Because God loved Billy Cole so much, he did not want to see him used mightily but lost. I don't care how powerful you are. I can be offendable. I'm lost. I don't know who I'm preaching to tonight, but I feel the Holy Ghost helping us right now. That if there's anyone you need to forgive, do it right now. Well, you don't know. It doesn't matter. Do it for your future. You're being a slave to what they did or said by holding a grudge. When you forgive them, you sever what hell could do through them to your future. Now, I bet if I called an altar call right now for miracles and blessings, we'd all be up here. But I'm going to call an altar call for unity. Now, if you're physically unable to go, I get it. But I I am drawing a line in the sand right now. Because if you want to be unified with this body, it's time to do it tonight. Tonight, drop the grudge, drop the rock. Drop everything. You're going to be in heaven with this person you're mad at. Well, heaven would just be better if he wasn't here. I'm being hypothetical because we won't get there with that attitude. No matter what the person did or said, we won't get to heaven with that attitude. But if we'll drop everything, oh my goodness, the things God can do. If un, watch this, if unholy people who built the Tower of Babel with unholy unity got God's attention, so much so that God said nothing shall be impossible to them now. And they were working with unholy unity. You know why hell's so powerful? Because you will never see a demon fighting another demon. Demons don't fight demons because they know anything divided is half as strong as it could be. The only people that get divided is the church. If unholy unity could get God to say nothing shall be impossible to them, then what could holy unity do? What could happen in the heavens right now? What would God say over this church? So if you want to be unified to the body of Christ, come stand up here right now, please. If you want to be unified to your pastor, to your brother. Well, well, I've said things. Repent of what you said. Make a vow to God tonight to never say it again. Make a vow to God. I'm not going to talk about him ever again. I'm not going to talk about her ever again unless it's positive, unless it's praying. I'm way off. This has nothing to do with my message at all. You can read the notes. But you want to kill the enemy, kill the thing in you that gets bitter. Are you the one that skips two out of three services when you get upset? What is that thing making you skip church when you get upset? Don't look at everyone else around you. Look in you. What am I allowing to get me away from the house of God? What kind of statement does the devil have to just release through someone to make me skip church? Do you realize the person's not the enemy? The enemy just knows if someone says this, you'll skip church. 
That's why people that usually church hop are always hopping because they get offended and they come here thinking, well, you're everything I need, pastor. My last pastor was terrible. But the problem is you never got over what the last pastor did and now you just transfer the anger and bitterness and as soon as he says something that you don't like, I'll just go over here. I'm talking right now to the saints of God. If the devil knows that this will make you leave, he'll do it over and over and over until you prove him wrong. I know it personally. There are certain things. Uh, recently someone attacked me and I was like, what in the world? And I was like, why? They're so wrong. And the Lord said, yeah, but every time they do this, you get frustrated. You get angry. You want to call them and bite their head off. You want, to go, you want to go confront them. You lose the Holy Ghost. And until they can say stuff and it fall off your back, they're going to keep saying stuff because the devil knows that's the doorway. What am I saying? What is the doorway that gets you offended? Go to that door and lock it. If they talk bad about you, thank the Lord. You must be a Stephen. You must be someone that's gifted. They're not rejecting you. They're rejecting Jesus. We're about to invade this altar, preachers. Every person you pray for, no matter what the situation is, you have authority over it right now in the Holy Ghost. No matter who's hurt them, who's offended them, no matter how bad it was, you have dominion over every spirit, every spirit of offense, every spirit of bitterness, every pain, warranted or unwarranted. The Lord give you favor right now and authority over every situation you're about to pray for. And when you lay hands on them, no matter how long the past, how long the mirror, the situation's been there, if it just happened or if it happened 30 years ago, 50 years ago, there will be a healing starting tonight through your hands. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Would you raise your hands right now? Preachers, get ready by the authority of the Word of God and the power of the name of Jesus. We command every spirit of offense and bitterness and anger and jealousy to leave this atmosphere right now. When you lay hands on them, let there be divine healing. Let there be emotional healing. Let there be healing of the Spirit. Come on, lock the door. Lock the door. You know the tactic. You know what they're trying. You know what the devil will say to you when no one's around later on. Lock the door. Lock the door. I'm not letting you bring that person up. I'm not letting you talk to me like that. And no, they're my brother. They're my sister. Lock the door. Lock the door. Forgive somebody right now. Forgive somebody right now. Forgive somebody right now. Let there be healing. Let there be relationships in families that are broken start being mended tonight. Let that broken relationship be mended. I pray for a bridge to be built right now in the spirit to that loved one that the devil has burned the bridge with. Let there be unity. Someone's going to get a phone call tonight. Someone's going to get a phone call tomorrow. Someone's going to get a call from someone you think you would never hear from them, but they're going to call you because God is trying to build the bridge that hell is trying to burn.
Lay hands on everything you can, preacher. Lay hands on every head. Just walk through and lay hands. And when you touch them, the Lord will give them dominion. Just lay hands on everything you can find. In Jesus' name, be healed. Be healed. Forgive. Forgive. Let a spirit of Stephen get upon us. Lord, lay not the sin to their charge. Bless them, God. Save them, God. Restore them. Renew them. Strengthen them. That's it. Bless. Pray a blessing on your brother. Pray a blessing on your sister. Pray a blessing. You don't even know what they need. Just pray a blessing on him. Lord, bless their home. Bless their conversations. Bless their finances. Bless their marriage. Bless their children. Bless their grandchildren. Bless their job. Bless their situation. Bless it. Bless it. Bless it. Behold, I set before you a blessing and a curse. Behold, I set before you a blessing and a curse. The spirit of offense is like cancer. It's a spiritual cancer. Get it out of your spirit. Come on, let the Lord do some surgery. Let the Lord get those spiritual cancer cells out. No, no, no. You know why? Because if you let him do it, he'll give you your smile back. He'll give you your joy back. He'll give you your faith back. He'll give you your prayer life back. He'll give you your anointing back. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. There's freedom when you forgive. There's freedom when you forgive. There's freedom when you forgive. Calvary says it all. There's freedom when you forgive. We all should be headed to hell, but Jesus forgave us. There's freedom when you forgive. It's a God principle. It's a Calvary principle. It's a salvation principle. There's freedom when you forgive. Let the 
gate open. Let the gate open. The gate is forgiveness. The gate is forgiveness. The gate is mercy. The gate is mercy. The gate is mercy. The gate is grace. will be very strategic when they come in because the Lord will have you approach them about a Bible study. Not a Bible study of salvation. They know what it is. But a Bible study about mercy. And you'll just be talking to them, and before long you'll be teaching them without them even knowing it, about the mercy of God, and the grace of God, and the compassion of God, and the love of God. It's a new Bible study you're about to teach. But the Lord's going to heal them through your words of wisdom. I pray right now that the word of wisdom would enter this church right now. I pray a spirit of wisdom and understanding and mercy would fall on even the most critical about a church, but I don't know why this came back to my mind just now. heard about a church maybe 20 years ago that a pastor preached about forgiving, and he had these little rubber bands, like the, the what would Jesus do bracelet, rubber band thing, and he, he challenged his church for 21 days, put it on your wrist, and each day, don't talk bad about anybody. And if you talk bad about someone, you have to start over and switch wrists. At the end of 21 days, I think one or two had made it. Hundreds and hundreds of people in the congregation. The point is this. That's what the devil's doing. He's not using us sinners to get us mad. He's using each other. You... I expect, when I travel, I expect to have encounters with people. I've had so many people that were possessed by demons. Come out, and I've had that. I don't leave there and say, that person makes me so mad. You know, like you're destined, someone possessed you. It's when my brother stabs me. I hate that. That's why the devil does it. We should be so powerful that we could just get over what is in our spirit that our brothers and sisters have done. I don't know why I preach this tonight. God knows I had not one thought of it. But the Lord will bring the harvest because the spirit of unity is entering this body right now. I don't know if it's ever been as strong as I see it right here. I've preached here I don't know how many years, but I've never felt unity like I feel right now in the Holy Ghost. You want your dreams to come true? Make somebody else's dreams come true. You want your dreams to come true? Make somebody else's dreams come true. Do everything we can to promote each other, to bless each other, to uplift each other, to strengthen each other. And guess what? God will lift you because the word said, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and he will exalt you in due time. You cannot pursue honor and humility at the same time. So if you're pursuing humility, you're saying, Lord, lift up my brother, bless my brother, strengthen my sister, use her, not me. And then the Lord will exalt you. Because you can handle the thing he wanted to bless you with before. Too many of us never see the dream or the promise come true because we would know how to get there but not know how to stay there when it happens. One preacher told me this years ago, but this song, I never forgot, but he said, if you will pray for your character to match your gifting, you cannot imagine how high you can go. 
But the problem is everyone focuses on their gifting and not their character. So we get to the mountaintops, then we go down. We don't walk in the favor of God. You know why? Because our character is the only thing that can keep us on mountaintops. But giftings just take you up and down. Let's pray for our spirit. Stop praying for the gifts of the spirit. Start praying for the fruits of the spirit. I'm so sick of it. So many people want the gifts of the spirit. They think if they're not a prophet, they're not going to heaven. The gifts will flow through you a lot more when the fruits are active in your spirit because you'll feel the love and the peace and the long-suffering. And when you pray for someone, you'll pray out of that peace and love and joy and long-temperance and long And now the word of wisdom can go through you and the word of knowledge can go through you and discerning whatever. If you want the gifts, pray for the fruit. Would you welcome your pastor right now to this pulpit, and would you thank the Lord in unity? Something big's about to happen tomorrow night in this church. Something big's about to happen. There is hardly a service, there is hardly a service that goes by that we don't call and give opportunity for you to pray and for us to pray over you. When I call for those who are sick, I often quote James chapter 5. I've done it so much that I would be shocked if most, if not all of you, would be able to quote the greatest portion of James chapter 5. If any... Let them call for the elders of the church. Go ahead. They will anoint them with oil. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And the Lord will raise them up. But the scripture doesn't stop there. What does it say? And if he has sinned, it shall be forgiven. I want you to get this. Healing and forgiveness are tied together in one scripture. I wonder if sometimes we don't literally tie the hands of God when it comes to healing in the body of Christ because we are not forgiving. It could be that tonight a miracle could happen in your life because you're willing to begin to forgive things. Not just forgive people, but forgive things that have happened to you that you couldn't help. Situations that came into your life that you couldn't help. I'm not going to re-preach. Brother Herring did a fine job tonight. But right now, if you're in the house and you know that I just spoke to you because you have sickness in your body, but you have not truly forgiven the things that have happened to you or the people that have brought things into your life, I want to anoint you with oil tonight. Because the Bible says that the prayer of faith shall save the sick and that the Lord will raise them up and sins will be forgiven. If that's you right now, you ought to throw your hands in the air and one of our ministers will lay hands on you. Look around you. I need one of our ministers to grab the oil tonight. We're going to lay hands on anybody that lifts their hands right now because there's healing in the house all over the building. Nobody looking around. Nobody looking around. If you're not praying for someone right now, I just want you to begin to ask God to do what he has spoken in his word that he will do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't let your miracle be held up because of your unforgiveness.
The spirit of forgiveness will release miracles and signs and wonders and healings. Come on, pray fervently right now. I won't hold you much longer, but let's pray fervently right now. If there's any ounce of spirituality left in you right now, I want you to pray fervently that God will do His work right now. In the name of Jesus. If you need anointed with oil, just press your way forward. Get right up in the front.